Submission Coalition number 10. Coalition. <laughs> we just got to sit down with AJ Klingerman. AJ! Who is a purple belt world champion, yeah, owner of two martial arts schools. Cool. She runs Role Models Women's Jiu-Jitsu Camp, which is amazing, and so much more. Hopefully you guys enjoy. Enjoy. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Hanging in there. Can't complain too much. Yeah, we can. <laughs> I think it's my best feature. I'm really good at it. <laughs> All right. Give me just a second to figure out which mic it's hooking up to. Yeah, no worries. That's okay. When it comes to this stuff, we are seriously, uh, I think I said we're two strike white belts. Yeah. <laughs> at podcasting. That's crazy. Yeah, we're, we're horrible at this. We're nice. All right. It's... We're getting better, though. That light is going to be crazy, and it's just going to be crazy. <laughs> That's okay. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, a little halo. Looks like you look angelic. I'm talking to anonymous. <laughs> I'm in the witness protection program. And yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Um, yeah. We've been actually we talked about talking about your uh, role models thing for a while, and then you know whole coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got in the way but i know you have a new date mm -hmm. and everything coming up yes so yeah. uh maybe give us a little bit of history of role models because i know you've been doing it for a little while you're on i think your seventh one yes this will be our seventh camp um so it started i attended uh Rachel Casillas runs a women's only grappling camp in Tennessee called Girls Gone Gee. Uh, she's a black belt. She probably started her camp at Brown Belt, maybe. Um, but she ran a camp. And the first one I went to, first of all, I was terrified. Um, <laughs> but she's been a good friend of mine. So, you know, it was it was a good experience. And by the end of the weekend, I was like, I, I want to do this. I want to have this um, event in Indianapolis. Um, so I just kind of put together a group of my friends, um, you know, basically anyone that was like a brown or black belt in the state of Indiana and uh, Julie Kedzie. I don't know if you guys remember her, yeah, but she, yeah. yeah. So, um, she was a good friend of mine. So she taught at camp and then Rachel came up and taught. Um, and it was, it was a great event. Um, we had about 50 women there and it just kind of started from that. We did it every year. One year we did it twice. <laughs> I had one in April and one in October. Once is probably enough planning wise. <laughs> Um, last year, cause we always sell it out at like 60 and, um, usually the week of camp is when it sells out. And last year we sold out in January. Um, and so we upped it by 10, upped it by 10 again. And then I was like, I've got to find a new location. So we ended up taking it to a high school and had 160 women there. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a great event. And all weekend like the the vibe was just amazing there was never any like there weren't any fights there was no cattiness there you know everyone trained great together um and like i do an exit survey because i'm a crazy person and um like no one said you know there were just too many people like even the introverts were like it was it was amazing so this year the goal is 200 to 250 and uh, we moved it to a convention hotel so that we can all stay together and we're going to do a big party Saturday night. Um, I usually bring in two female black belt females to, I said females a million times, usually bring in two female black belts to coach. I brought in four this coming one. I know so. you, got some, you got some big ones too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm bummed that it's so far because I'm a big fan of Hanette Stack and Vanderboom yeah. uh, uh, too. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you know, what's interesting is we have women, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Hillary's from Portland, Oregon, so she's coming yeah. pretty far, uh, and Nikki's coming from California, but we currently have women coming from 26 different states and uh, I think two different, co- well, three different countries, including the U.S., so uh-huh. yeah, nice. they, they come from pretty far and wide for the camp, so it's pretty cool. So go ahead and let everybody know the new dates. Yes. So it was supposed to be May 1st through the 3rd. Um, obviously, when everything kind of started coming down the pike, we were like, we're going to have to move these dates. So um, we were working on signing all of the new contracts and stuff and have it finalized to be August 7th through the 9th instead. Nice. Yeah. So hopefully that'll be a good time. Yeah. It's such a weird world. Like you never know um, what'll be good or not, but we just have to kind of hope for the best and um, plan as if, as if it's going to happen yeah. on the I mean, I guess it's a good shot. Good yeah. shot at it. Yeah. I feel like if, if there's going to be a great time, hopefully August will be it. <laughs> And I know you're opening it up to the littles this this time around too, right? Yeah, yeah. So every camp we've had just a couple young girls that come with their moms. They're usually like some of my students. Um, and we just really wanted to do something more for them. Um, so we, like one whole room will be dedicated to the younger girls, our, our next gen role models. Um, that's eight to 14 year olds. They have um, several different coaches. Um, like a lot of uh, female purple belts. And then um, we've got a couple, like Jen Russell is coming. Um, yeah, which, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's coming to be one of the kids' coaches. Nikki Sullivan is also going to be one of the kids' coaches. So um, we're bringing in a motivational speaker for the kids. Like she works with mostly young teen girls. Um, so, you know, bringing in some really cool things for those young girls. You know, we're not really, for the most part, not many people do seminars for children for, in jujitsu. So this will kind of get them, you know, in that realm. Nice. Yeah. And then, um, so, I mean, I didn't get to dig super, super deep into it, but um, I know you have the jujitsu seminars. Um, what other activities you got going on with it? Yeah. So Friday during the day, we have workshops. So like sit down workshops. Um, originally, like we thought that would be like a, a separate cost um, and we just decided to like include it in the camp altogether. Um, we have Natalie Boss coming and doing one on nutrition. Uh, Jess Sunier is doing one on strength programming. And then myself and um, my best friend and teammate, Risser, we're doing one on building a women's team. Um, and like how to everything from like market it, teaching the classes, all of that. Um, and then we're having a panel Q&A. So a lot of the coaches that will be there um, we'll be on a panel where you can ask anything from, you know, what's your nutrition like? What's your competition prep like? Um, we always do a Q&A session because that really benefits the ladies a lot. And then obviously we have four three-hour seminars between all the female black belts, uh, lots of open mat times, uh, yoga both Saturday and Sunday mornings, and then a Roaring Twenties dance party Saturday night. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, so the, obviously the, the typical questions, um, where you're at now with the role that you play, I mean, you've got a podcast, uh, is it uh, Beauty and the Gee? Yes. 
Um, you've got your women's retreats, uh, things of that nature that, that you're doing. What was the origins of you in the sport? And then kind of what was your origins to, to branch out beyond, you know, it's, it's, we hear from a lot of people, it's scary for some people, men or women, mm -hmm. just to begin the sport, then to make that other leap, to go beyond just being a student, to putting yourself out there, um, you know, into like a, a podcast or, or going into your retreats. It's a whole nother step. It's a whole nother type of, of anxiety, if you will, you know, of, of how that's going to be taken. Um, what the reception's going to be and what the turnouts are ultimately going to be like. So, I mean, I know that's a lot all in one, but, uh, yeah. So kind of my origin story from a jujitsu standpoint, um, my husband, then boyfriend, um, <laughs> did jujitsu when we started dating and, uh, was basically like, just so you know, jujitsu comes first. Like that's, that's where my priorities lie. And that was fine. Cause he had jujitsu before me, um, about, Less than two years after we started uh, dating, we opened our own academy, uh, and that was all my idea. I always wanted to own my own business. I thought it would be a dance studio, not a <laughs> jiu-jitsu school, but um, but yeah, so it was kind of my push, and um, we, at the time, so he had been shot in the head, and so we had a real close, you know, near-death experience, so we realized we didn't want to kind of not waste our lives, but, you know, we wanted to spend our lives doing right. what we wanted. We knew that so, life was so did short. That, did that happen while you guys were training or did that happen prior? Um, so he was training already. Okay. Um, we were dating. He, it was actually 11 days before our academy opened. So um, it was like, first he was just an assistant instructor at the first academy. And then a few months later, we opened our own but the one that he was an assistant instructor for, he got shot 11 days before that opened. Wow. Yeah. So then, you know, like we just, we knew we didn't, he worked in a factory. I was a stockbroker. Like it just wasn't what we wanted to spend our whole lives doing. We wanted to be together um, and we wanted to help people. So we opened up the school. Um, we struggled a lot. <laughs> we are not good at running a business. So, so I'm imagining though, if, if that happened 11 days before you guys opened your gym, that the role now that you were going to have to play in, in really being a major part, I mean, he just got shot 11 yeah. days before you guys even had your, your, your opening. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure that, that that had to have then also kind of, you know, like you said, it sounds like it made you have to dig and really say, it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. at this point, it's all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was a point, you know, because we were still both working for a while while he wasn't working at all at, at that time, you know, he was healing up, but I worked for quite a while um, with the school and everything. Um, and there was a point that I was like, you know, I'll give up everything but us <laughs> to keep the doors open. And we really did. We gave up, you know, our cars, our house, everything. We lost it all trying to keep the school open. Um, but we knew it was where we were supposed to be. Um, we knew we were helping people and, you know, we just knew that was our path. So we put everything in on it and um, eventually figured out how to like actually run a business <laughs> years later. Um, got a good business coach and um, got into that. Um, 
I myself, like I dabbled in training a little bit in that time, but I mostly just helped run the school. Like, um, I only trained if there was another female on the mat that needed a training partner. I didn't train for myself. Um, so it wasn't until really about 2012 that I was very active in training for myself. Um, and when we started like doing the business coaching and stuff, I wanted like, this is how we kind of branch out into everything else. I remember saying, I want to be everything for jujitsu. <laughs> like if you think of something you want for jujitsu, I want to be able to fill that. So we started, you know, doing instructionals and we run a company called the fight hub where you can get all kinds of gear from, um, we started running tournaments. We, you know, have the, the women's camp and the podcast and, you know, everything I could think of, like, I wanted to be a part of it. Um, and really like the why of it just boils down to like, you said, you know, like that I would be nervous, right. Uh, about, um, turnout and stuff like that. And we definitely had some, some times when turnout was bad, you know, tournaments. Uh, we once ran a tournament in Atlantic city where we lost um it was painful um but you know so we've been through it and it was all just kind of like you know what we've we've made it through worse like we'll get through it it's fine so I never let it stop me or stop us um and then like with the camp and stuff I just always knew that people would see my heart and see what like I I wanted to do with the camp and I never worried about whether people would be there. Like, I think I do, like, literally the last day of camp last year, we started planning this year. And right. we work on it every single day. How can we make it better? How can we, you know, every little, everything we can think of. Um, so, I, you know, like, I think I try to put that out there for people. Anybody that's interested in camp, I automatically become friends with them on Facebook because I want them to see me. I want them to see um, just my passion for the sport and for the women, especially in the sport. Um, so I've never really been fearful in that way. It's like a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm back. <laughs> but, um, so what were, I know you talked about the, the tournament, like, do, do, are you still doing the tournaments or has that kind of no. went on the wayside? I mean, obviously in theory, we would still be doing tournaments. We were actually supposed to be running one this last Saturday, um, with, you know, with COVID, you can't, right. but, <laughs> but yeah, no, we've, we're still running tournaments. I think we've, we've put on about 60 altogether. We used to travel all around the Midwest. Um, and about four years ago, we just, kept them to Indianapolis. We run three a year in Indianapolis. Um, I joked cause it was cause I got old, but really it was cause my staff got old <laughs> and it was hard. Like, that was, you know, like Atlantic city, we took a staff of like 26 people. Um, you know, so it's just, it was hard to travel with them and they started having kids and it just got tough and we do great in Indianapolis. We have a, a really great following. So yeah, yes, we still do them. That was a long answer, but only in Indy. <laughs> Right. All right. Cool. <laughs> 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 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're two striped white belts. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I'm very fortunate because my podcasting co-host um, is a podcaster for a living. So like she coaches other people for podcasting. Um, she's a musician. So her editing skills are on point. Like she makes me sound way better than I sound in real life. <laughs> so we're very lucky with Beauty and the Ghee that that's her job. <laughs> so with Beauty and the Ghee, what's, what was kind of your driving force? I know, I know you wanted, you said you kind of want to be everything for jujitsu, but was there anything like we run a, an organization called Pretty Dangerous. Yeah. And kind of our driving force behind that right now is women in leadership and promoting women in leadership roles. Did you have kind of a driving force behind Beauty and the Ghee or? Yep. So for me, um, it was, I, I basically said I wanted, if a woman listened to the podcast who had never done jujitsu, I wanted her to want to do jujitsu. Like I, I wanted, I want to talk about struggles and anything like that, but I wanted to make sure that it's a positive thing with jujitsu. Um, I've listened to some podcasts where, you know, there's a lot of complaining and um, just negativity. And that's not what I wanted. I, one of my best friends doesn't train jujitsu and I wanted like the podcast to make her want to do jujitsu. <laughs> um, and she's, she's, she came to camp last year. She's come to class a few times since. So it's, it's slowly working. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a tough one because it's like there's there's certain couples that I know that when you hear them talk about their relationship, especially when the other one's not around, mm -hmm. anybody's going to get a negative opinion. Yeah. Of of what a relationship is like, what having kids is like, things of that nature. Yeah. And then you have other, so jujitsu is no different. If if when somebody talks to somebody, all they hear is all the negative, all the yeah. things that, that happened to them, that they overcame and everything else. But clearly, they're still there. There's something that they love that right. in spite of all of it, they still want to be there. But yeah. they rarely talk about that side. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make sure that, you know, we're talking about that and, and really just normalizing some of the people's fears. Like, um, you know, if somebody has a panic attack while training or something like that, they think, you know, automatically think I'm, I'm th that's stupid of me. I'm the only one, like you kind of get even more in your head about it. And so being able to have the conversations where like, absolutely. Like I've had panic attacks multiple times on the mat, like, right. or, you know, competing and, and what goes into competing, why I compete. Um, you know, sometimes I do great. I'm, I am a world champion, but sometimes I'm more often than not, I'm terrible, <laughs> but like talking about like the reasons I still compete, um, and just kind of making it okay for people. Gotcha. So competition wise, um, maybe let's backtrack on that a little bit. So what kind of triggered you to want to do competition? I know you kind of said you only dabbled in the beginning. Mm -hmm. You didn't really start kicking off your training till 2012. Yeah. So what kind of instigated you to go, okay, I want to take it to the next level. Yeah. So I competed a few times in like 2004 <laughs> and then not again until 09. And then like 2013, I really started competing. And at one point in time, I competed more than like anyone else on my team. Um, for me, it was more, it wasn't about like the medals, which thank God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's about who I become in preparation for a tournament. Um, you know, 
I think no matter why you do jujitsu, competition helps that. So if you're doing it for self-defense, nobody's going to come after you in class like they will in a tournament. So it's just right. one step up. Um, if you do it for health purposes, you're going to train harder. You're going to eat better. You're going to focus on your recovery more. If you do it from, you know, for the camaraderie, I've met some really good friends through competition. So um, it was just more about who it made me leading up to the tournament. Um, and then just the fun of the tournament, like a tournament is like a family reunion. You see all these people that, you know, you haven't seen maybe since that tournament last year. Um, I just love it. I love every bit of it. And then you're a, are you still purple belt? I am. Yep. Yep. I'm a two-stripe purple belt. (laughs) Well, which is part of one of the messages that, that we try to get out there quite often on pretty dangerous is the message that because we when we talk to a lot of people um i don't think the guys necessarily so much they seem to be more risk taking Mm -hmm. um when we talk to a lot of ladies we hear quite often i can't do that i'm not a black belt yet yeah yeah as we tell that that's one of the major messages is that there's no reason to wait absolutely you can make a difference and you can actually become a significant individual within the sport even as a white belt yeah absolutely i mean but it's interesting because you know like so we have a we have an amazing women's team i love my women um there are pros and cons of being a part of my women's team pro you get a lot more training because i have three women's only classes a week i'm very specific like after every tournament, I watch all their matches. I take a million pages of notes. We go back, we work on everything. So they get very specific stuff. The con though is I expect a lot more of my women. So where as a male blue belt, I may not expect you to be a leader at my academy. As a female black blue belt, I absolutely do. So kind of the, you know, a little reverse in what you see as a whole through the jujitsu community. I expect my women at a very young age, you know, a two-stripe white belt is helping the brand new white belt learn how to shrimp. Like it's, it's that building up of a community that really, you know, a rising tide raises all ships kind of thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, I think getting those women into those leadership roles early is huge too. Yeah. Because otherwise a, a lot of women I run into tend to take that back seat well, you know, let the dudes just handle all of, all of that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's good for the, for the younger girls too coming up to see women in leadership roles. Absolutely. Uh, well, it, it's also when, when we talk quite a bit about when we do promotions, men or women, doesn't matter. Everybody that I know of, we've been training now, I'm 26 years, you're like 24, 23 and every person that I've pretty much met along the way that's been doing, doing the sport for a while, uh, doing this, this, this art for a while, yes, there's black belts in our life that, that have an impact. But more often than not, that white belt has a blue belt that has probably a larger impact on them as a practitioner, as a martial artist, you know, and the like than necessarily the the black belt that's on the floor and almost everybody even black belts if you talk to them and you go over their whole history usually there's a lower ranked individual that was just a hair above them that became more of a mentor that because they they felt 
one, they're closer in ranks, but they feel yeah. a little bit less insecure mm -hmm. about saying, hey, let me bounce a few things off of you. And so that's part of, part of one of those major messages that we talk about is that you're a role model no matter what. Whether you're a one stripe, two stripe, three, somebody in that training environment is looking at you at some way, shape, or form as a role model, good or bad. Yep. Whether it's a good to, role or a bad. Yep. Goes back to the same thing of just like from the podcast standpoint or your social media posts or anything like that. Like you're representing jujitsu as a whole. So even the person just starting jujitsu, you're a role model to that person who's been afraid to go ahead and call in and try and right. start. Well, and you don't get to choose mm -hmm. if you're that role model. You simply right. are. The fact that yep. you put yourself out there, I, yep. I hate it when I hear people say, well, I didn't, I didn't ask to be a role model. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get to pick and choose. Yep. I mean, the fact that you put your content out there, the fact that you even put yourself into any position every post you put out there, somebody is going, either that behavior is acceptable yeah. or they're perhaps saying that's not acceptable. So it doesn't matter. You didn't choose to be a role model. You are one. Absolutely. I, I, I posted that uh, not too long ago, like, like it or not, people are watching and, you know, they're, they might be emulating you. They might be, you know, rejecting you, whatever. And a girl got on and was very much like, I didn't choose to be a role model. I'm like, that's fine. You still are. <laughs> right. You still are. Yeah. Um, so. Now, speaking of role models, so how, or is there a story behind the name of your camp? You know, it, so <laughs> that was my Twitter handle a million years okay. ago when I used Twitter. <laughs> I guess it still <laughs> is my Twitter handle if I had the app on there still. Um, so that was just kind of what I always kind of like went by as my screen name. And then we called it like fight hub women's only grappling camp forever um probably two years ago we started like we should brand it as role model like that makes the most sense we've been through like three different logos now but finally like this is our brand this is who we are so yeah well, i just I, i'm a huge fan of double entendres yes so. <laughs> yeah yeah I, I love it like you know being a good role model and like you know obviously it's r-o-l-l -L, but yeah, and we finally like started a website this year and it's Role Models Wanted. Jo you know, like, so RoleModelsWanted.com is the website, um, but our whole thing is join the movement, like become a role model. We wrote, we wrote a pledge for the women and everything. So, yeah. <laughs> Can you share it with us? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like now, because I'll have to look it up. I don't have a memory. No, 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 you have to recite it by heart. <laughs> <laughs> I really should memorize it. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead and look it up. I think it'd be cool for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. Let me get on my phone real fast. Well, that, that's one part that, that I personally, I, I, you know, we've, we've been doing martial arts. I've been doing this since 78. Jiu-Jitsu is not my first art. And I found that I love the philosophy of the art or of an individual school or an individual movement almost as much as I love the art itself. Mm -hmm. You know, that philosophy is your drive. You know, when, when you step on the mat, there's always something there that is making you step on that floor every time. There's something that makes you challenge yourself. And in this instance, having, you know, a, a, a mantra or having a pledge yeah. or something of that nature for a lot of them becomes part of that reason that every time they decide, you know, why, why, why do I let people beat me up? 
every night. <laughs> and, you know, like it, it kind of goes back to like, you read the pledge, you know more about who we are, like what we're trying to do as a group. Um, and you filter yourself in or out of that. Like you, then you know, like that those are the type of people I want to be around or not. Right. So here's the pledge. Um, I am a role model. As a role model, I choose to be an example to others. I am not your competition. I am someone who will lift others up and celebrate their accomplishments. I will not compare myself to anyone else. I am welcoming and, excuse me, welcoming and accepting to others no matter where they came from. I do not speak negatively about myself or others. As a role model, I will have a positive impact on the world. I will lead the way. I am a role model. Nice. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from this year or did you guys come up with that early on? Nope. That's from this year. Yep. Oh, that's sweet. that's part of our everyday thing. We've been, you know, like I said, working on it every day. And I was like, so we got the idea. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with girl clothing, um, but girl has a pledge that they do. And the campers, my role model campers actually last year did the girl pledge. And we're like, you know, we'd really like something like that of our own. And so that's what prompted us to write it. That's awesome. That's, yeah. It's brilliant. It's lovely. Thank you. Um, Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. So kind of just, I mean, there's a lot of facets to, to you and, and, and what you're doing with jujitsu. So I kind of want to circle back to the, um, the side business of the, um, your clothing line. Or, okay. or gear, your gear. Yeah, the gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that all stuff that you guys, you guys make it here? Do you purchase? Yep. And so all of the above. So the fight, <laughs> the fight hub actually, so we have our own brand stuff. Um, we have uh, geese and patches and all of that kind of stuff. Um, we also sell a lot of other company stuff. So we sell Fuji, Gameness, Ring to Cage, all of, um, the major brands like that. Um, it started like we actually started the company in order to have a place to sell instructionals. So my husband, James had done a couple of instructionals, um, in like 2008, he did, um, mastering the Von flu and the Peruvian dozen. And so we're like, we need a place to <laughs> sell these. Um, now we've done ones with several different coaches. Um, Christian Woodmonzi is somebody we work with a lot. Marcelo Cohen, Josh Hinger, um, Tom McMahon, like we, we work with a bunch of different instructors and sell their DVDs and online instructionals, I guess, not just DVDs, um, for them. So it's all of it. It's, it's stuff that we make, have made locally. It's stuff we have made internationally and, uh, like a, a company that sells other people's stuff as well. Okay. Awesome. It's just, I was curious because, um, so many, uh, companies right now you know they purchase from pakistan bring it yeah. in all that stuff oh we get hit with probably <laughs> oh gosh like daily like 20 right 20 to 30 a week i mean yeah yep i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um any other irons in the fire any other new things coming up um well, i know you have you have two schools right yes yep we have two schools um i'm also a, a small business coach so um, I spend some time, well, especially right now, because all small businesses are kind of in this uh, holding point where they're trying to figure out what to do, where to go from here. Um, so I do a lot of coaching. Um, 
I've written a couple of books. I've got a couple more. I've, I've never written a business book, what I have now, but so I've got a couple business books coming down the pike um, before the other two books were not business related. So nice. Um, well, cause that, that's one of the, uh, when, when I first started, I, I got fairly lucky. My instructor, Eric Shingu, um, he was going to do a business seminar mm -hmm. and there was about five of us that were supposed to go through the instructor and business seminar with him. And cause he, he knew from day one that, that our goal was to open up our own school. Yeah. And so from, from day one, I was kind of picking his brain, things of that nature. And he's my, he's been my martial arts instructor now for, for close to 27, 28 years. Cause I, he is through him that I found jujitsu and I found, he found it when I was training with him in Okinawa karate. Nice. So, but ultimately went to do the instructor slash business seminar and I was the only one that showed up. <laughs> I was it. And I, I expected that he was going to cancel it, but the two of us just worked together for uh, pretty close to about 40, 40 hours, somewhere in nice. there over three days. That's awesome. So I, I got lucky that I had a, a little bit of a mentor to kind of guide me through it a little bit um, to an extent. Yeah. But one of the phrases that, that kept popping up, not just from him, but I got it from a lot of different places. I mean, right now you hear the term McDojos, you hear the terms, things of that nature. So I find it interesting with martial arts schools that we were constantly having to ride this weird line that virtually it feels like no other business has to, to has to follow. Yeah. Yep. So I, the, the phrase that went out there was you could either be a good martial artist or a good business. You can't do both. And it's, it is difficult because I do find you have to do both. Right. You don't, you don't have a choice to survive. Right. Especially right now. Be, you have to be good yeah. in business. But you also have to be a good martial artist. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because I find that our martial arts as a whole requires us to ride this very narrow line. Yeah. If you cross that line and become very good at business, they question your ability as a martial artist and they start labeling those types of schools as McDojos or cults. Right. You hear that <laughs> one quite often. Um, or you go the other way around and you try to be a very good martial artist, but then you run the risk of being a poor business. Yeah. Or out either of one of them. So it, yeah, it's always this weird dichotomy that it feels like that as a martial arts, as, as a jujitsu school, like if all I wanted to do was sell rash guards, I get to be a business and I get to do all the things that businesses do. Yep. But the moment you do it with a gym insignia, now you got to be careful. Yeah. You don't want to get, you don't want to carry that label. So is that anything like with, with your uh, consulting and, and with your small business consulting and the like, um, is that anything like you guys have ran into of, of that kind of scenario? Yeah. Um, one thing like I think as a whole, you have to be good at business, but you almost don't want any of your customers to ever notice, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Like that's the best way that you can say it is like, you don't even want them thinking about the fact like they, I'm sure they literally think we show up and just teach classes. And that's all we do that. We just like hang out all the rest of the day and don't work. Um, where the reality is, you know, by Wednesday night, we've already put in 40 hours. <laughs> um, <Or more. laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, 
um, you know, you want them to think that like you, you kind of want them to like, not have to see the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Um, the other side of that to me, like I always coach all of my clients that marketing in my opinion is just relationship building. Like everything I do that is quote unquote marketing is just building stronger relationships. You know, we buy from people we know, like, and trust. And so that's, I just want to be your friend. And if you want to, you know, do business with me, great. Like that's just how I, um, basically the, the, the basis of my business coaching. Now on your business coaching, are you more freelance or are you part of a bigger kind of group? So, um, I was originally part of a bigger group. Um, I was with Glazier Kennedy, um, like Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazier. I won their international marketer competition in like 2012, I think. Um, probably 2013, I started going out on my own. Um, so it's just me. I, I'm kind of, you know, I <laughs> that entrepreneurial that doesn't like to be told what to do kind of thing. So um, where they're a great organization, um, I just wanted to be able to, you know, do it on my terms kind of thing. So just me, me and my husband, James, um, same thing, uh, affiliation wise, like, you know, he has a black belt he's under, of course. Um, but our, we are the head of our affiliation. So we have like 12 schools that are under James. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so, um, on the business consulting side, mm-hmm. um, this is kind of questions that, that I have. Yeah. You know, we've flirted with the idea of using a business consultant. So maybe some advice out there for other business owners that might be listening um, of maybe what the benefits would be to a business consultant. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think always best to talk to my clients about that. I mean, like I'll tell you, but you'll only believe me so much. (laughs) You're going to believe my clients more, I guess. Um, A big part of it is we've been open 20 years um, and we've been through a lot of hard times. Um, so we understand, like, that's a big part of it. Sometimes you just need somebody who's been there before. Um, we study a lot of marketing. I teach workshops locally um, and have 32 different subjects that I teach in the local workshops. So it's not like if you asked me to come do a speech, I'd be like, oh, this is the one speech I do. There are 32 different three-hour seminars um, on everything from social media, lost customer reactivation, um, you know, referrals, just, you know, everything, (laughs) how to write your own book. Um, My husband does a great one on SEO uh, for YouTube. Um, So we have, we come with a lot of knowledge uh, and it's just kind of talking through different issues. So we have different levels. Like I said, the workshop is me coming to you with, this is the subject we're going over. This is what I think you need to know. The masterminds or the private client stuff is more like, what are you having issues with? How can I help you? Um, and it's different every time. Well, and that's where I, I like ultimately where you guys are coming from. You know, you run a school successfully, mm-hmm. you compete successfully as well as then share your advice with others as part of your consulting and the like. There's quite a few consultants that we've, we've talked to in the past that you get the feel from them that they've never actually done what they say they do. Yeah. I actually, and, and there's, that, that, yeah, there's just, there's a few big, you know, marketing guys out there 
in our world, <laughs> uh, in the martial arts world that, um, you know, if you, if you go to their school, they're not walking the, the talk. And I would never, ever want that. Like I want, you know, if you come into my school, it's everything that I'm, I'm coaching on. It's, it's that relationship welcoming atmosphere. It's not um, just that canned stuff. And it's, it's not fake. I'm, I want to be genuine and honest with everyone. <laughs> so okay so wow there's so many things to list you have the role models camp <laughs> you got your consulting business you got your gear business and and uh um instructionals mm -hmm. we got the uh books yeah beauty and the gay podcast uh the podcast yeah and the two schools yes and the tournament and the tournament and the oh yeah the tournament yeah <laughs> And then the affiliations. And the affiliations. Yeah. Holy I smoke. think that's it. I don't know. I thought we were, I thought we, we were busy. I thought we were busy, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Thank God I've, like, I've learned to delegate. So I have, you know, great, great people that help me out. I would never be able to accomplish my life without the people in it. <laughs> um, and I do live by a strong sense of, like, good is good enough. I'm, I cannot be a perfectionist. I have to get things done and push it off the cliff. Like it's gotta, it's gotta get out there. So I can always make it better next time. So you have both sides of it, the consulting business side of it, and then the, the gym ownership side of it. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on how we move forward from here from this whole COVID thing? Man, it's tough, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> we were just discussing it today. All right, well, how do we do this? How are we going to do this when they actually opened it up? Yep. So um, one, I mean, you know, constantly communicate, whether that's, you know, with your business partners, with your, um, your students, all of that. I think communicating is a big part of it. So before it all started, before, not before it started, but as it was starting and we weren't um, to the place where we had to shut down. We started Facebook living um, all of our classes and our private members page. Once we got shut down, we took it to Zoom um, and we teach two classes a day. Um, after those classes are taught, we post them in our private members page so that if you couldn't attend live, then you can watch it later. Um, and we've been, you know, James is great about being able to, he was showing mount uh, retention with no one today. Like he'll do it with a partner. And then he's like, okay, if you're by yourself, then you're like thinking about it and he just goes all through it. So even the people that are by themselves are able to really work the moves. Um, that starting this week, we opened it up to the public. So anybody can attend our classes because what we were finding was most schools aren't doing any classes at all right now. Um, so we wanted to be able to just offer it to the community as a whole. So that's been going well so far. That's uh, day one. Um, and uh, beyond this, one, I think when we come back um, or st start to come back, we'll continue uh, doing the classes through Zoom so that if you don't feel comfortable being at the school, um, you'll have the ability to still watch classes and practice at home. We've talked about lots of different like weird things. So if, you know, it, if they won't let us touch each other, <laughs> basically having a class, um, you know, like maybe Monday nights is just solo drills and we tape down the mats and like you get your square and you do solo drills in that square. And, you know, like we, we've just 
and this is just all brainstorming, but it's just right. kind of figuring yeah, yeah. out. That's what, kind of what we were doing today. We'd be like, all right, so what are we going to do? Well, because that's, yeah. that's part of this whole thing. I mean, this is completely uncharted territory. Absolutely. It, 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 I mean, when, when we first started, jujitsu was legal. MMA was illegal. Mm-hmm. So state of California, not allowed, things of that nature. I mean, we're in Florida now, but, right. but back then, doing our art was severely frowned upon and the like and this almost i mean no once we got past that if somebody told me hey in 2020 you're not going to be allowed to have any contact at all yeah i would have never seen this coming no never and and we have to believe that the recovery from it is is not going to be a open your doors and it's business as usual right it's definitely going to be a slow recovery period um, you know, and especially for, you know, there's small businesses and then there's small businesses. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the really small businesses are going to definitely struggle because when they come back, some of their clients, we're already anticipating there, there will be a good percentage that probably will not come back in the beginning. Yeah. They may a little bit later, but in the very beginning, when the doors finally get reopened and we're allowed to be a business again, we, we know there's going to be a percentage that is either not going to feel comfortable yep. or they is, lost their job and they have or to they lost their right. job. <laughs> right. Or they're not going to want to pay to come in and do solo drills. Right. Yeah. Um, so other things we've kind of talked about, you know, like maybe we can have a dummy night where you bring your own dummy and work on that or, um, you know, a partner night where like if you live with your partner then you can bring them you know right. like just just something like that we were we've just talking about that today we're like bring your spouse day yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly and it's been really interesting it's it's very cool like watching the zooms and how many partners have gotten involved because they know that their loved one is missing out on their biggest passion so they're like okay i'll you know i'll let yeah. you do this to me so it's been really cool and i don't know it's just kind of that like we just find a way. We just figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, going to be an interesting ride. That's absolutely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so to, to ultimately finish on, on a positive note, what would you say is one of your favorite moments in all of your term as a martial artist? Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's really tough. Um, I, it's hard because I, I, I'm obsessed with jujitsu. Um, so I'm very happy in like almost all moments, like even throughout this, like I spend a couple hours every day, like watching instructionals and taking notes. And, um, so I, I have lots of favorite moments. Um, one of my favorites was seeing Rachel Casillas win worlds the first time I, may have been a blue belt at the time. Um, and yeah, cause she was a black belt and I cried. <laughs> um, just, you know, like, I just thought it was really cool. Um, what an experience. Um, and then a camp last year, I really think that probably camp last year is just, I don't think I stopped smiling the entire weekend. I was exhausted, but I did not want it to end. So those are probably the two things that come to mind. So when, when she won worlds for the first time, what was your connection that made that so special for you? 
Yeah. So, I mean, her and I were already good friends. Um, and you know, I knew how much work she put in, um, before she went out on the mat, she wrote on both of her feet and she wrote her husband's name on one foot and her daughter's name on the other. And then, uh, she triangled, triangled her first opponent with one leg and triangled her second opponent with her other leg. And just, yeah, it was just kind of like this cool, like, this is for my family. And she's always, you know, really inspired me, um, in general, like getting out there and training and competing and, and leading from the front. Um, so it just, I don't know. It's just really cool. She's done all of your role models. She has. Yep. Yep. She's been the coach to everyone. And every time she's like, you don't have to bring me back every time. And I was like, I'm going to bring you back every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I check with her. Like she's like the second person I check with when I look at dates for camp, I'm like, does this work for you? (laughs) All right. Awesome. Well, it has been awesome talking to you. Uh, Yeah. Thank you guys. Maybe uh, schedule to chat with you again at some point. Um, and, uh, maybe after role models uh, and see how everything goes with it. So if if people are trying to connect with you, Mm -hmm. uh, what are some of their best ways? Yep. I'm AJ Klingerman everywhere. That's Klingerman with a C, um, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all of the things. Uh, and then, you know, I, I highly recommend you go check out the, the role models wanted website as well. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you guys. IBJJF gets Master Worlds re uh, reassigned and hopefully Man, it's still. I hope so. I had to miss Master's Worlds last year because I had hurt my back and I I cried. That moment where, you know, spectators go one way and competitors go the other, like I cried not being able to compete um, and I was really looking forward to it this year. So I really hope that to get back well, out there. And like you were talking about, I mean, we, we enjoy – uh, we, we've really only been doing Master Worlds now three years? the last three years. This would have yeah. been our fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a family reunion. It and, is. Yeah, it I, is. <laughs> I look forward to seeing more of the people. I mean, obviously, we, we go to compete. We go to win. It doesn't always work out for me. But, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but that's what we go for. But I really find that I, it, it's the scene. There's certain people that, that this is the only, the only place, place we see. see them. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Get a to see them. Yep. Yeah, it's just, it is. It's like a big family reunion. It, like, I love being there every single day of it. It just makes my heart happy to run into everyone and get to run around like a crazy person coaching mm-hmm. everyone on my team. And I didn't miss a match last year. We had 22 people compete. I didn't miss right. anybody. Good. It was insane. <laughs> Well, we, we have a group that went went this last time. It was our, our first time having a group yeah, usually other than day. us. Yeah. And, you know, the group's there and they're like, all right, so uh, what kind of stuff are we going to go do? Like, I'm like, uh, I'm going to watch the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, this is what I'm here for. I'm not, I'm not here to go watch a show. Like, we have fighting every day. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, I have friends competing. I mean, I want to. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, hopefully we get to see you there this year. Absolutely. I, I met you guys there last year. I, I yep. look forward to, to seeing you again this year. All right. Well, good luck with everything. Thank Hope you. Everything you guys too. Good. Um, I may have to message you about the uh, consulting thing just to get some more information from you. Yep, yeah, sure. absolutely. Please do. We're, we've been, we're, like I said, we flirted with the idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, the, the, the other consultant that I know of, which is also uh, a very legit individual, uh, kicked my ass at UFC 100. 
So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you don't have that fear for me. I definitely won't do that. So, <laughs> oh, no, it, it's, it's not a fear, but it's just one of those things. It's like that's my connection. That's how right. I know it is. You know, and then then he ended up doing a uh, consulting later. He, 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 I see his Facebook post quite often for his uh, consulting and everything else. And and I, I I've been trading some messages back and forth with him. Nice. You know, and I'm I'm like. I'm like, yeah, because I, I was a brown belt at the time. We're at UFC 100. He was a black belt. Nobody in his division. I'm a brown belt. Nobody in my division. And we got sandwiched together. And, I mean, awesome event. I mean, really cool guy. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's again, it's one of these things. It's, it's, it, we're still pretty much in contact with just about everybody we've ever competed against, um, even from my, my white belt days. Yeah. Um, last year, we were at uh, Master Worlds. I'm in the bullpen. And a gentleman comes up to me and he, and he goes, Hey, you're, uh, you're Dave Lawson, right? And I'm like, yeah, man. Hey, I'm like, Hey, awesome to see you. I, I knew who it was immediately. And he goes, do you remember me? I go, yeah, I remember. He goes, you were my first ever jujitsu match. That's awesome. We, we were white belts in 1999 competing at, you know, competing against each other. Um, I think he was, uh, that was the first big tournament I ever did. And he was my second match. I was his first match. Nice. And, was that like Gracie even, nationals or something? Back in 99, uh, that's, okay, yeah. yeah. Gracie Open in, yeah. uh, uh, just outside of San Francisco. Okay, yep. I bet my husband was there. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, I mean, that's what you had to do in 99 was fly to California oh. to compete. <laughs> so. All that's right, awesome. we're going to let you go. Thank All right, so thank you guys very much. It was fun. You have a great night. You well, too. great, thank you. Bye. Thank, Thank you, you for listening. listening. This is your host, David Lawson. And your other host, Melissa Lawson. We really appreciate being able to do this for you guys. We appreciate you giving us a listen. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, go to uh, Instagram, submission underscore coalition, or give us a like on Facebook, submission coalition. Or uh, if you guys want to throw some donations, it's not like I'm going to turn it away. We're also always looking for sponsors. Just so. PM us at uh, any of our social media outlets. Awesome. Thank you.